199 Proof is a show where we take spirits and place them in head-to-head competitions against each other, evaluating them neat and in the drinks they frequently make. We pledge that we will try at least 199 versions of each mixed drink we choose in a rigorous, bracketed-style tournament of data-driven drinking. Just not all at once. Welcome to another episode of 199 Proof Data-Driven Drinking, where we take data and science and use it to answer that very important question, what should we drink tonight? And in this case, which state will it be from? You ask that because tonight we're having our East Coast throwdown. That's right. Tonight is the East Coast, and in a future episode, the West Coast. And then the clash of the titans when the winners of those two meet. It'll be like the old school gangster rap wars. Except if we were doing rap, shouldn't we be drinking iced tea? You know he was the OG, right? The original ginster? I'm throwing in my lot with NWA. That's nerds with alcohol. <laughs> Featuring such songs as Consult the Police <laughs> and Straight Out of Physics and Postman. Oh, we haven't even started drinking yet. I mean, you know, we warmed up. We, you know, fielded a few ground balls, you know, played catch in the outfield. Yeah, a few free throws, a few free throwing backs. <laughs> but we haven't even hit game time yet. Speaking of game time, what are you bringing tonight? My first gin tonight is designed to help me end your ignominious rain. Last time you sneaked out a win, and the time before that you sneaked out a win, that ends tonight. My ignominious rain, I love that. It's gonna be my next rap album. There you go, I'll pay at least 50 cent for that one. <laughs> go on. My first bottle is Dorothy Parker. Now, Dorothy Parker was a literary icon, a famous New Yorker, a cultural lodestone. I don't care about any of that. No, you don't. What I care is that Dorothy Parker gin has been showing up on a bunch of best gin lists, and I'm going back to my quantitative scientific roots to pick some gins so I can kick some behind. Ah, interesting. You're right, I have seen that on a number of gin lists, and I kind of respect your call on that one. What else do you have? Number two, Green Hook Ginsmiths. Now this is moving from the quantitative side to the scientific side of my selection criteria. Greenhook Ginsmiths is distilled in a copper pot under a mercury vacuum, allowing the temperature of the distillation to be lowered and improving the distillates and the aromatic nature of the gin. I see your eyes glazing over. Totally glazed. What that means is it's distilled with science to kick your gins behind. Interesting, because I was on a, a bit of a road trip recently that took me through Philadelphia, where I ended up enjoying multiple cocktails one evening made with Blue Coat American Dry Gin. Blue Coat American Dry Gin is made by the Philadelphia Distilling Company, which interestingly enough, was the first distillery to open in Pennsylvania since Prohibition. And they entered the craft gin market way back in 2006. The other thing I like about them is right on the back of the bottle, they say, proudly assert your independence with Blue Coat American Dry Gin. You're taking your advice from the back of a bottle I knew that you were into the advice for selecting gin, but I thought at least you'd go to an expert, like a good old man, kind of a southern gentleman at a liquor store. Which brings me to my next stop. I was driving through Virginia, a place I love driving through, the Blue Ridge Mountains. 
Get off the interstate and just meander through the mountains. It's beautiful, picturesque, some of the best driving. Stopped at a liquor store, as I do while I drive through new areas. As you do when you drive through old areas. <laughs> exactly. And start talking to the gent behind the counter. And I haven't had the chance to try it yet, but he recommended Catoctin Creek. It comes from the foothills of the Blue Ridge Mountains, and I trust them. I think that's going to work out well for me. I see. In other words, for the first half of our epic East Coast versus West Coast battle, the East Coast round, I'm bringing science and data, and you're bringing road trip. Yeah, for the first for the first bracket of our East Coast battle, you went New York, and I went Philly and the mountains of Virginia. <laughs> well. That just goes to show that what Mama said is going to happen. Because, you know, Mama said knock you out. Oh, boy. This is going to be a long, long, painful episode, isn't it? It sure is. Well, then we should start drinking immediately. Let's get to it. Over many, many cocktails, we've developed over 40 characteristics to evaluate spirits. For gin, we've selected the 10 most relevant six taste dimensions, and four non-taste factors. Together, these comprise our 10-point scoring system. The six key taste dimensions are smooth or sharp, strong or weak, boozy or sneaky, simple or complex, balanced or unbalanced, adaptable or limited, plus these four non-taste dimensions, sophistication or snob appeal, novelty, availability, price, or snap. Here we are in the first half of the bracket, Blue Coat out of Philadelphia versus Dorothy Parker out of New York City. Mark, you brought Blue Coat. What do you think? I think right off the bat, Blue Coat's got a really good nose to it, right? It's, it's American dry gin, straight away. Tasting it, neat, it's a little sharp. Right, and it's not such a big surprise for a 47% alcohol to be a bit sharp. Neat, no, of course not. But it's also kind of boozy. It, it is It is definitely a bit boozy. You know you're drinking a strong gin here. No doubt about it. That said, I got a bit of complexity out of it. Yeah, that's interesting. I got the strong, but not that complex. I got strong alcohol flavor, and I got maybe a strong single note flavor. But I didn't get like a trio or much less a chorus. I guess I get the complexity from the finish. And to me, it's got a savory and a little bit of a spicy finish on there. It starts off with juniper and ends with, with a bit of a savory note to me. And, that, and I kind of like that. Hmm. I kind of like it. I found it a little bit unbalanced, but not a lot. See, for that same reason, I find it pretty well balanced because it starts off in one place, it ends up in another. And I like that transition. It's not, it's not incongruous. To me, it's, it works. All right. You're looking at balanced more over time, and I'm looking at more balanced across the taste buds for any one moment in time. That's interesting. It seems to me like it would be adaptable. Are you going to agree with that? And we're going to have our first agreement, or are we going to disagree on this too? You know what? I'm going to agree, but I also have to admit that I have a bit of a cheat here. I can guarantee you that it makes at least six good cocktails. Probably seven. The seventh one I, I enjoyed. I can't. Six or seven in a row is what you mean. <laughs> Naturally. And then after the seventh, it was what? Time to do something else? Right, it was time to go to bed, but I didn't. I switched to tequila. <laughs> Naturally. Naturally. Well, 
Do you like it? I do like it. Like I said, it's a bit sharp to me. Uh, it, it's a, a, a bit strong and a bit boozy, but you know, it's a strong American dry gin. I, I do like it. All right. Now, one of the great things about this show is that even for us, we taste something somewhere, I don't know, six or seven times in a row, and it's good. And then we taste it next to something else, and we think, aha, with an A-B comparison, now I can taste the difference. Exactly. I'm gonna go out on a limb here and tell you what I think and see if you agree. The blue coat was pretty good, but it wasn't Dorothy Parker good. I will agree with you. To take Dorothy Parker through the same paces, it's got a real interesting nose to it right away. Not much juniper. A lot going on, not much juniper. Totally okay, but you know, it's not your classic gin nose. That said, it's very aromatic on the nose to it and extremely smooth. I was amazed how smooth it was and how not boozy it was. It's no. only 44%, which is not 47, but man, so much smoother and so much less boozy. I, I'd have to 100% agree with you. Yeah, I have down that it's sneaky smooth there. It's silken in a way, it just like rolls down the back of the throat. Yep, and has a very strong flavor. In spite of being smooth and whatever, it's not sanded off. It's very strong. Yeah, it's definitely got a strong flavor, and it's unlike a lot of other gins that we've had. Uh, not even y your typical botanicals. It's got, uh, yeah, it's got some some flowers going on. It's got hibiscus in there. I get some cinnamon in there, and it, there's a lot work in there, and it's really, really complex and well balanced to me. Well, here we're going to disagree a little bit. I think it's pretty complex and pretty balanced. There are a bunch of flavors in there, but it's not the full-on chorus of some of the ones we've had in previous shows, like The Botanist, for example. All right. Allow me to get poetic. This, to me, this gin tells a story, right? There's, there's a beginning, a middle, and an end. It's a poem. It's an American ode to gin. This is Dorothy Parker, damn it. <laughs> You're saying she's not auto-tuned. <laughs> she is not auto-tuned. No, I, re I, really, I really do like Dorothy Parker. It's, it's, it's a delicious gin. My question is, is it adaptable because it's got such a, a strong and complex flavor? And my prediction is probably. Yeah, I'm not sure. That was the question that I had. I guess we're going to agree on being a little unsure about adaptable. It has such a strong flavor. But it's really smooth. It's not boozy. So I think we also probably agree that Dorothy takes the neat round. I love the way that your face had such a hard time saying that. But, you know, I told you I was taking you out. This is the first step. Dorothy Parker takes the neat round. Dorothy Parker takes the neat round. And as far as the next piece of the battle, we got to put some tonic in it. We got to get it good and cold. Now, one thing we do on this show is we use stainless steel ice cubes because they don't melt and dilute the drink. And we don't want to dilute it and make it less of what it really is and more of just that kind of watered down flavor that you get with a little too much ice, ice, baby. Oh God. <laughs> oh, absolutely no. <laughs> oh shit, no. That's going to haunt me. <laughs> absolutely haunt me. <laughs> Please, let's put some tonic in this, if only to allow me to drink more. And here we go. And now, the second half of the bracket pitting Blue Coat from Pennsylvania against Dorothy Parker from New York, the tonic round. Mark, in addition to 
Boy, it's a good thing this is strong so I can forget what you just said. What are your thoughts on Blue Coat? <laughs> to me, putting this with tonic, it really smooths this gin out. It cuts the sharpness down for me and it cuts the booziness down for me a little bit. I agree with that. To me, it also makes it a little less strong. It does. And for this gin, to me, the, the strength of the flavor and the sharpness are kind of tied together. Uh, so I'm not surprised that we kind of both feel that way. I think that it makes a nice drink. Yeah, I think we've discovered that it's adaptable. To me, it's still a little bit sharp at the back end. Do you taste that? It is. The, the, the tonic is, you know, kind of mellowed out the savoriness for me. It's opened up some citrus notes, but there is still a bite on the back end for me. And to me, it's also reduced the complexity. To me, it's simpler, less strong, and I'll take that trade-off for the less boozy and less sharp. But to me, it's a pretty good drink, but not a really good drink. I'll give you that. It does. It makes a pretty well-balanced drink, but in terms of some of the, the better gins that we've had, uh, some of the winning gins that we've had that I've brought, uh, it, not anymore. Ouch. It does make a, a pretty well-balanced drink. I, I like it. I don't love it. All right, fair enough. For Dorothy. Oh, Dorothy. I would say the first thing is, boy, it was already smooth. It was. It was already balanced. It was. Now it's just exceptionally smooth and still nicely strong. It is. It's extremely smooth. Uh, and the strong flavor really shines through. You know, one of the things that I was kind of worried about when I was, you know, wondering if it's going to be adaptable is... Is that strong flavor going to shine through? And is it going to mix well with others? Is it going to play well with others? And the answer is yes and yeah. Yeah. I like the smile there because you know, even though this isn't the one that you brought, you must really like Dorothy. I can't deny it, man. It's a really good gin. And if you'll allow me to get a little flowery and poetic here, I'd say that, you know, the tonic just sacrifices itself at the altar of Dorothy Parker, and it surrenders itself to her botanical goodness. You wrote a love letter to Dorothy Parker. I did. Yeah, her gin, anyway. <laughs> uh, it's, it's balanced. It's oh so adaptable. I love this. Well, it sounds like, based on your love letter to Dorothy and your like-a-lot letter to Bluecoat, that it's not going to be too hard to get you to admit that the winner for this round is the same as the winner for the neat round and is the winner for this entire bracket, the Dorothy Parker that um, I brought. The Dorothy Parker that you brought definitely takes this side of the bracket. While I don't like losing, if I'm gonna lose, I'll lose to a gin like this every day. Well played. Why, thank you. And well flowered. Thank you. Let's see if I can get redemption on the other side of the bracket. Let's try it. <laughs> All right, second half of the bracket, neat round, Catuctin Creek versus Greenhook. The Catuctin Creek is interesting to me. It starts off smooth for me, but it finishes sharp. I got sharp out of it too. Yeah, it just, it's confusing in that realm. It's got a really strong flavor, doesn't it? Ugh, strong licorice flavor. Yeah, I have the note that it's got a strong flavor that I wish was weaker. Which is weird because usually strong is an unalloyed good, but not in this case. Not in this case, right? Uh, it's boozy. Yep, absolutely. And unbalanced. Yeah, 
It is unbalanced. To me, it's a little complex because I, I get that black licorice flavor up front, almost like a Sambuca, but a pininess sort of finish. Not pininess like like a lot of gins. Just this weird, it's it's a weird transition from the Sambuca, the licorice flavor to the pine flavor for me. Sambuca to pine tar. Yeah. The weird thing about that is that's still better than what I get, which is licorice, licorice, and licorice. Mm. I wrote down that I, it needs something to mellow it out. You think it's adaptable? I really wasn't sure. Uh, my note on adaptability here is adaptable, question mark? Yikes. Hmm. Yikes doesn't sound like you think this is going to be a great gin or that it is so far. It's not a positive note. Not so much. No. No. Well, turning to Green Hook, it's strong. Neat, it's strong. It is, but it's smooth. You know, that's interesting. I got a little sharpness out of it. Not a lot, but a little. What's the alcohol content on this? I'm, I'm curious because it's, it's a bit boozy, but it's smooth for me. It's 47%. Same as the blue coat. That's right. And not, to me, not as sharp and not as boozy as the blue coat. No, I agree with you there. Oh, that's really interesting. I also think it has some complexity. Yeah, I find that it has a little more complexity, I think, than, than you do. I have that it's got a lot happening here. And mm -hmm. I like that. I like that about it, definitely. I find it well-balanced. Interesting. I find it almost balanced. A little bit unbalanced. A little bit, mm, I don't know. Maybe not completely balanced or completely cohesive in itself, but... Close. I can see it being pretty adaptable. Yeah, I can see it being pretty adaptable too, and I'm looking forward to putting this in into a good tonic. To me, that sounds like a better note on adaptability than yikes. Yeah, I'll give you that. I will give you that. What this means is that since you brought the blue coat and you brought the Catuctin Creek and I brought the Dorothy Parker that beat the blue coat and I brought the Greenhook Ginsmiths, that if you're gonna come out of this with at least one finalist and you don't think much of it in the neat round, you're kind of up the creek. I am looking for my paddle right now, my friend. Well, let's put some tonic in it and see if there's any paddle for you in there or if we're just gonna wash you out. Let's do it, reluctantly. Let's do it. And now the tonic round, Catuctin Creek versus Greenhook. I've put all my money on this round because I pretty much had to. I am not confident right now because the Catuctin Creek and tonic, my first note, whoa, it's strong, still not in a good way. Between whoa and yikes, I'm getting the feeling this is not your gin. Yeah, I get the sense that I was hog swindled. <laughs> not sure that's a term. But I, I feel like I was sold a bill of goods that was not good. Yeah, you definitely, uh, this is not great. To say a few nice things about it, it's smoother. It's it, still a bit boozy at the back end, but it's not as boozy. And it's more balanced than it used to be. You're being generous. Uh, and you're not wrong with any of those. But I don't see any of them really as a positive or anything that's going to redeem it enough to be able to recommend it in any sort of, you know, gin and tonic world. Yeah. I mean, it's still licorice and it's still like Sambuca, but now Sambuca and tonic. Yeah. And that's a, it's a weird mixture that really doesn't work. Yeah. Well, we know how adaptable it is which is yikes all right well 
Not much to say about that. It's strong, but it's still not good. Yeah, I'm sure there's a drink to be made with it out there, but not with tonic. Mm. Well, switching to the other competitor in this half of the bracket, Greenhook. Go ahead. It's... Sorry, I'm just busy smiling because somehow I don't think yikes is going to be our conclusion here. It's strong and it smooths out nicely and becomes actually pretty sneaky too. It does. And I'm going to just back up there with strong. In this case, it is a strength. Its flavor really shines through and uh, it's opened up. The the tonic opens up a lot of the flavors. Uh, To me, it cuts down a little bit on the booziness and lets some of the flavors come through. What I get is a bit of like a chamomile in there, which is really nice. Yeah, it becomes more complex and nicely balanced too. Very nicely balanced. Seeing what it does with tonic, I could extrapolate from there. I think that it's a pretty adaptable gin. I'd have to agree with you there. And to kind of sum up here, they're both strong, but Catuctin Creek is not good. And Green Hook is good. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you're going to put a very, you know, subjective and pejorative label on it, sure. You're not being a good winner. Oh, did I win this one? Oh, what was that you're going to have representing you in the final round? Oh, Gin. Yeah. <laughs> what I'm going to have representing me in the final round is truth. Ah, I see. Well spun. Yeah, see, you should stop looking at this as a competition between you and I and start looking at it as a deeper dig for truth through gin. Truth through gin. Yeah, I can see that. Can you translate that to Latin for us? Like, e pluribus ginum? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wait, I think we'll go with vini vini vici, at least for me. Oh, wow, I came, I saw, I conquered, yikes. Truth through gin. Veritas ad genum? Hmm. I'll have to consult with my Latin textbooks, of which I studied Latin for seven years. If there were someone who studied enough Latin and drank enough gin to know how to translate that, I'd believe it was you. Well, we're heading into the final round where you have two representatives and I have none. And as the Romans would say, sic friat crustulum, or thus the cookie crumbles. (laughs) Oh, that sounds so much better in Latin. Right? All right, well, let's get to it. You with your impartial truth, and my with my victory dance. I never want to see. Oh my God, I'm seeing the victory dance, and I don't want to see it. Okay, we're going to the final round. I'm going to try to drink that off my mind. All right, final round. Greenhook Ginsmith versus Dorothy Parker. Let's hit it. Right. Now, we've talked about both of these already, and they're both really solid gins. Yep, you can't go wrong with either of these, but we have to pick a winner. We do. I'm not really sure how else to start other than just taking it straight through our scoring system. Let's do it. Uh, We've gone through these both neat, both with tonic, against competitors, and now head-to-head. And they're both delicious gins. Let's pick a winner. All right. Smooth. I find Dorothy Parker exceptionally, exceptionally smooth, both with tonic and neat. I agree. I think Green Hook is also very smooth, but the point goes to Dorothy. Yeah, that's not to take anything away from Green Hook. Very smooth with Green Hook, exceptionally smooth with Dorothy. 
Yeah, let's just make a blanket statement that I won't be disappointed with either of these anywhere. Absolutely, same here. But small differences, big differences, we need to pick a winner. Strong. I'll go a little bit with Green Hook with the same disclaimer, Dorothy's good too. Agreed, Dorothy's really good, has a much subtler flavor than, than Green Hook. Green Hook's flavor cuts through mixers better. All right, sneaky. Sneaky, I'm gonna have to say Dorothy Parker. I'll uh, agree with that. And I feel that way because I feel like with tonic, it merges with the tonic really well. I could see that happening in a lot of different cocktails. All right, complex. Let me advocate for Green Hook here. It's a little bit more of a diversity of voices, gives me a little bit of a complexity winner for me. I understand where you're going with that. I'd like to put in a good word for Dorothy Parker on this one because I feel like this is very much a matter of taste. Uh, are you a traditionalist or are you open to interpretation? I feel like Dorothy Parker's gin is much more in the school of I'm open to interpretation, but if you're the type who is more of a traditionalist, Green Hook's the way to go. You lean that way, and I respect that. If we're looking at this strictly by our scoring structure, I guess I'm gonna have to lean with Green Hook as well. All right, well that's interesting. It's been very close, but that puts us at two to two. Balanced. Now, who do you want to advocate for for balance? I'd advocate for Dorothy Parker on this one. Uh, in the first round, uh, I was saying that the tonic surrenders to Dorothy Parker, and it does. And I don't mean that it's overpowered. I mean that it makes a different, cohesive drink uh, where the sum is greater than its parts. To me, that's a very well-balanced gin. I'll agree with that, but I don't think that Green Hook is less well-balanced. I think Green Hook has a great balance and more of a chorus of voices. So I'm not, not quite ready to join you in the Dorothy Parker getting the point for balance. So it looks like that's a push. I and we're so. still a two to two. Yep. Okay. And adaptable. Now, this was a tough one. We've gone back and forth on this a lot. And one of the things that makes this such a tough job is we had to try it with three different garnishes just to see who ended up actually being more adaptable. Right, and in this case, we use really traditional gin and tonic garnishes because that's what a lot of us are using. You mean like lime? Lime and grapefruit, which is becoming one of my favorite garnishes for gin and tonic, uh, and orange zest. The grapefruit didn't really work with either one of those. That surprised me. Yeah, me too, and kind of disappointed in a way. The lime? And the orange zest, neither one of them really worked with Dorothy Parker. They worked with Green Hook, though. They did. They worked really well with Green Hook. And it, it changed uh, the characteristics of the drink, and it opened up a lot of the flavors. The citrus played into the citrus notes there, and it just, it, it worked. Which means we have two takeaways from our adaptability over time. Number one is neither one works with grapefruit, which is disappointing. And number two is Green Hook's a little more adaptable. With traditional gin and tonic garnishes, absolutely. With that being said, I could see uh, garnishing a Dorothy Parker gin and tonic with something like, you know, exotic, like, you know, uh, a flower and, I don't know, dragon fruit or something like that. And, and having that work really well. However, that's not what most of us are doing at home. I'm certainly not putting flowers and dragon fruit in my gin and tonics. Have fun with that. Meet me on the porch tomorrow afternoon. So if we're going by our scoring system, 
the six taste characteristics, right now it's three to two green hook with one push. All right. Well, let's check out Snap, the four non-taste factors, and see if Dorothy catches up. Sophistication or snob appeal? No, I don't really see a winner here. No. Novelty. The Dorothy Parker bottle is kind of cool, but not enough to get a point for novelty. Nah. Green hook, no. Nah. Availability. Here we got to go green hook. Have to go green hook. I, I've, ju I've just seen it more places, more states, more, more areas. Absolutely. What's the price difference? Couple of bucks a bottle, five bucks a bottle maybe. They're both very reasonably priced gins for their quality. Yeah, like high 20s for Dorothy and low 30s to mid 30s for Green Hook. Yeah. That's a really good deal for these That's a fantastic deal. Five bucks a bottle for you, 250 a night, you know, given that a bottle was, what, 15, 16 drinks? Yeah, I'll yeah, take that. That's not enough to give us a real point here, is it? No, I don't see it. I don't see it. Being it. So that looks like we have a handful of pushes and it's four to two green hook. All right. Well, you may have to stand outside Dorothy Parker's house, hiding in the bushes, waiting for that love letter to be delivered so you can snack out of the mailbox. But at the end of the day, she's still a good gin maker. She is. While I'm waiting for the mail to be delivered, maybe I'll take my binoculars. Is that creepy? Might be creepy. Ooh, mommy, it's oh, very creepy. Dorothy. That brings us to the end of our East Coast competition. To find the KRS-1 winner from the East Coast competition, which in this case is Greenhook Ginsmiths. Uh, what, you don't like our Tribe Called Quest to find the best gin in America? No, that was even worse. <laughs> Next week, we go across the country to the West Coast to see if they have Macklemore to offer than the East Coast did. Oh, good grief. <laughs> So you're saying we're going back to Cali, to Cali, to Cali? Until next week. No, I don't think so. <laughs> See you then. This is what it's like after we've been drinking. That's kind of a scary thought. I'm going to continue drinking now. Just to forget. Absolutely. 100%. Thanks for listening. Please check out our website for more information, 199proof.com. Follow us on Instagram, 199proof data-driven drinking, all one word. Follow us on Twitter, at 199 underscore proof. And find us on Facebook. Send us what you're drinking, and let us know what gins you'd like to see featured on future episodes. Cheers.